0: to the podcast i am your host john nothing and today i have an episode on human evolution all right today we're going to try to unthink the possibility of human evolution in the future all right now um we're not here to argue against the uh fact that human beings have evolved from whatever species maybe maybe it's apes maybe it's neanderthal all right maybe it's whatever lucy was but uh where to uh try to uh dissect what it looks like if human beings were to continue to evolve right? and uh, in order to do that we may have to take another look at how we've evolved so far and what that looks like you know, in terms of our future the year is 2022 and as it is right now human evolution is still a theory, it's taught in schools creationism is uh, still touched upon in some states but evolution is in fact still a theory and uh, despite how much scientific evidence there is towards evolution evolution still happens within a threshold that means that yes fish eventually grew gills and eventually grew legs and eventually grew lungs those types of things did happen over millions of years but Indeed, it took millions of years for even the slightest bit of evolution. And the, the results of millions of years of evolution is a separate species. And so when we take a look at those depictions of human beings evolving from apes, you know, you see the, uh, <laughs> the chimpanzee gradually becoming a, a bipedal organism, right? And uh, that's fundamentally flawed. Right? that's just a, a, a oversimplification you know if you ask a primatologist you know they, they would tell you that it's an oversimplification now if you were religious you know to some extreme you would believe that human beings were created by God you know maybe some six thousand years ago and uh you know I'm not here to argue against that I'm just here to give you more about uh, evolution right so let's say for instance that humanity and chimps are closest relative and when I say closest relative I mean extremely close right go ahead and Google a picture of a chimp and know that that creature that you're looking at shares 98.4% of the same genes as us right they're very similar now that 1% difference is huge and that's what we're here to talk about here um before we move on to the next human evolution is that we have to understand that that one percent difference is extremely large you know that was six million years from today all right and you would think that if you jump back six million years and you walk beside a chimp and whatever human beings look like back then you know, th- th- based on those pictures that you've seen, you would say, oh, there probably weren't any humans back then. Whatever the chimp and h- human ancestor was, that's what we- we'd be looking at. Well, that's not exactly the case because we don't know what the missing links are and we don't know if any of that is even true. If you walk back six million years and a chimp evolved, it would be a chimp today. Yeah, a chimp from six million years ago that walked through whatever happened on Earth six million years till today would be just an advanced version of the chimps from back then, and so that's what I mean by evolutionary depictions and your understanding of it is is way off the mark. All right, Um, you know, there's some animals that have more in common with us, you know, as far as the way that they act today than chimps do. You know, chimps have a lot of similarities as far as societal things, All right, When we talk about things like mating habits, sexuality, societal, um, you know, structures, um, the competitiveness that we see in humanity, it also exists in chimpanzees. You know, um, bonding over food also exists in chimpanzees. Now, for human beings, bonding over food significantly changed our outlook it probably significantly changed our relatives also you have to keep that in mind is that we have many other relatives and they probably were more successful um, than us for a good period of time and maybe the, the environment dictated that we were going to survive our particular uh, moment of crisis in history alright and uh, at the point in which human beings started to cook things definitely took a turn for either the better or for the worse i can't say you know for sure whether or not it's for the for the better or worse all right because we made ourselves vulnerable by cooking extremely vulnerable you know you would, if you look at the structure of um, an animal that that hunts all right you know you're talking about an animal that goes out catches a kill and they have to figure out how to get some part of that animal if not the whole thing back to where their you know family is their pride or their pack or whatever you know if we took another species like say a lion for instance you see the female lions go out and hunt and you know they would immediately give it to the male lion and then after the male eats, then the female eats, and then so on and so forth. And then you have the scavengers that they have to keep away from the, the kill. You know, even a powerful creature such as that, which is at the top of its food chain, struggled with hunting and you know preserving the food so that everybody could eat. And so imagine human beings, you know, in our conditions that we've lived in, you know, over the past six million years, several ice ages, you know, several catastrophes. And being relatively powerless compared to the uh, creatures around us, we only had a few advantages, you know, um, compared to other creatures. And those advantages weren't always, you know, the best for us. You know, if we're talking about, you know, living in in an icy condition, our advantages back then was stamina. You know, we couldn't swim through ice water. <laughs> we we couldn't swim through ice water. We couldn't fly we couldn't really climb trees because there weren't a lot of trees to climb and even if we could there were plenty of animals that could you know we were very much a cowardly species and that kept us alive curious and cowardly kept us alive which is completely the opposite today but you know that's what we faced back then you know and then all of a sudden we say to ourselves oh let's kill an animal that's way larger than 10 of us Right. Even 10 of us wouldn't be able to move this creature. Let's take it to me. Let's dr- let's drag this back to wherever we got to go over ice and whatever and fend off, you know, creatures that could kill us instantly with one swipe, <laughs> you know, and uh, leave a trail for the animal to find us, too. And then light a fire, <laughs> you know, with smoke coming out of this fire and, and smells coming off this the smoke. And you're just basically inviting danger. Cooking has definitely changed us. And that's why I say I can't say for better or for worse because it's a miracle that we're here. You know, when you think about the fact that that smoke attracted, you know, um, species with giant teeth that could run 50 miles an hour, that could climb trees, that were way larger than our bears, you know, creatures that, um, look just like us you know whatever other species of human beings or or human likes you know bipedal organisms that were around you know they would see the smoke and they would have have to come after us they got to take what they what they want right and uh it may take you know ingenuity to uh fend off those creatures at times And, obviously, that's just the creatures that are apart from us. What about other human beings? You know, you'd have to fight off other human beings at some point. Creatures that are equally as smart as you, equally as cunning and as curious and as cowardly and desperate. All right, so cooking definitely changed us. And now the nutrients that the cooking provided us, obviously, that changed us physically. And I don't know too much about how much it changed us mentally. But we know that it changed, uh, you know, Things like our jaw, things like our uh, nutrient intake, um, how long well we keep food for, you know, that meant us surviving through winters, you know, drying food, cooking food, so on and so forth. That really helped us out to survive the worst of the worst the planet could offer. When we're talking about most of the North, North American continent being covered by ice, or, you know, that really helped us survive, you know, boats that we were able to build back then if we were a boat building society they couldn't take us very far because swells in the ocean are the same then as they are now, 100 feet, Yeah, 100 foot swells. If you think about standing at the bottom of a, uh, standing on a highway and looking up at an overpass, you're looking at 17 feet. So how tall would 100 feet be? Just to kind of give you a picture <laughs> of an ocean swell and a baby boat like a, like a kayak that carries human beings. So we've been through a lot. right and that changed us physically and that gave us some tools and that gave us some time to think about things all right and uh lo and behold here we are in the future 2023 you know six million years has passed chimps exist human beings exist but human beings have never been able to shed the animal that's within us all right and that's important to look at whenever you talk about human beings evolving you know evolving in the future all right and if we were to say to ourselves that the next evolution that happens in human beings um, is for our benefit, then you know we have to also say to ourselves that, you know, the uh the downsides, you know, that we have to mitigate, you know, are they physical or mental? Right? Because look at where we are in society, we've pushed back nature. You know, we've put push back nature to the point where nature is actually you know corroding under our feet so we have reached that level there's no other species that's able to change the planet on our level all right so when we talk about human evolution we have to say to ourselves what does that look like as far as our species being on this planet all right and it's not a physical change it has to be a mental one at this point all right so let's take a look at uh some of the observations that science has you know offered us from the mid-1800s till now and uh, i say the mid-1800s because that was a pivotal point for human beings you know evolution actually <laughs> you wouldn't think so but it actually was because you know that's the thick of the human uh industrial revolution right it was uh, railroads and steam engines and you know ships iron ships and Circumnavigating the planet, discovering new species—you know, reaching poles that we haven't reached before—that um, was the start of it, right? And around those times, you know, let's say, for instance, the 1830s, you know, we have Charles Darwin, you know, on an expedition, you know, to South America and Africa and wherever else he, he went, and he stumbled across the Galapagos, and the Galapagos—the islands off, uh, I believe, Ecuador. He comes across species that he's never seen before that that just don't make any sense all right now you you know about the turtle you know the giant tortoise that lives for a billion years <laughs> the old decrepit species uh but there are other things out there that he you know he probably came across that you probably would never even know about like say for instance um you go out in your yard and you look at a caterpillar And you see that caterpillar just chowing down on a leaf. And you know that eventually that caterpillar is going to cocoon itself and then turn into a butterfly. Crazy. I know, but you go to the tropics, you go to the Galapagos specifically, and you see completely different things down there. You see that same caterpillar not chowing down on leaves. You see it eating other caterpillars, other insects. It's a carnivorous creature. And then it cocoons itself and it turns into a butterfly. So (laughs) You know the world is completely different down there and so you have to ask yourself why is it that this is the only place on the planet where this is happening you know so when he made his observations back then he was seeing wild things that even we today have not even seen and he was able to draw the conclusion that some of the evolutionary things that happen are gradual and the changes in the planet caused them within a threshold all right of course we've Bent and twisted and skewed that threshold very widely, you know, with the chimp and to human being, you know, for instance, or or the chicken and the egg, and, or, or us looking at birds as dinosaurs, you know, that's a huge jump, <laughs> you know, billions, you know, you know, millions of years. We're looking at hundreds of millions of years in this case, with you know, chickens and dinosaurs, um, and human beings only spanning six million of that, a minuscule six million. So you say to yourself, what does what our human ev- ev- evolution look like? I'm sorry, I can't talk to you guys. What does that look like over, let's say, the next few thousand years, right? And remember that humanity up until this point, you know, up until the 1800s, believed that gods came down and created human beings. For the majority of, of religions, that's what you're looking at. Abrahamic religions believe that god created everything including human beings and then the non-abrahamic religions believe that gods came down and some of them saw you know monkeys and modified them some of them saw you know that human beings were primitive and they made us modern they kept coming back and teaching us but it's still the same story where you know there's an intervention uh between uh the gods and, and humans, you know, um, some of those stories goes to the extreme. For instance, if you compare the story of God creating Adam and Eve to, let's say another religion, which I'm not going to name, um, uh, where the gods are from another planet and their planet is failing because they've ruined their atmosphere and the, their solution to, to saving their atmosphere or to, uh, rekindling this, the, the the atmosphere on their planet is to introduce gold dust to its atmosphere to trap in heat you know some sort of uh greenhouse effect to save their planet and their planet has a strange orbit wherever it is and so they go out seeking gold and so they come across you know several planets one of which is earth um and at first they have these uh creatures that they create and they send them down here to earth to mine gold. And after a while, those creatures kind of, you know, rebel against us or re- rebel against the, those whatever gods. And they said, all right, let's just create another creature that can mine the gold for us. Since this war between us and our you know, creatures, it's not working out. This war in heaven is not working out. So we need to find some other creature. And so they modify human beings. A bunch of times until they finally get it right, and that's what our iteration is. There are there are religions out there that have that type of narrative, and you could see why people believe that because human beings are just so different from nature. It's strange. It's it's almost as if we were modified. Um, so yeah, humanity up until the eighteen hundreds wanted to believe that, you know, evolution hit its threshold. to be a god and uh, it's okay so if you accept that idea that's great but if you look at you know human beings future you know we live in a time where (laughs) there are no gods you know if there are gods where are they you know they're in our hearts or they're in our minds but they're not physically here you know present right and so you have to say to yourself where what is the next thing well From the 1800s till today, we have a next thing, and it's rationality. Rationality has replaced the gods, all right? And through rationality, the human species has figured out ways to modify itself. And that's a problem because each time that we do so, there's repercussion. Our science is not advanced enough for us to modify ourselves safely and not see disease pop up out of and you know out of the blue and so you might say to yourself if human beings are able to modify themselves and they advance their science to the point where we can do it safely you know what would that what would be produced out of that all right well if we become a species that's able to modify ourselves to you know exist on mars exist on the moon exist on a colony exist on another star all right are we saying to ourselves that we are modifying ourselves to exist on those places but mentally we are still very much a product of this planet's nature are we dragging the nature from this planet to another place right and that that's a huge factor in our evolution because our nature is that of survival and if you look at that primal core Reasoning for our existence, survival and propagation, then it's always gonna hit that wall where we destroy ourselves, you know? When we take on that, that uh, masculine mindset where we consume out of curiosity, you know? And so I would beg you to look, to unthink that completely, all right? Unthink the, the idea of us traveling to stars and planets and so on and so forth as the next evolutionary step, right? As an advancement. And then let's rewind a bit, right? Let's say, for instance, we are a human species that's born on another star system and it has a completely separate nature, right? Let's imagine for a minute. Now, the nature of these this species um, does not evolve from survival because... Let's say, for instance, it doesn't have a predatorial system. All right. And that changes the, the entire script. You're talking about a species that has found a way to provide for itself, you know, without com- competition. Or the, the spirit of competitiveness, you know, whether we're talking about mating or eating or whatever the, the basic needs are of the creature. That changes everything in, in that creature's outlook. And let's say that they evolved to be a sentient being, just like human beings. The thoughts that come across that creature's mind aren't the same as a human being's. You know, when you think about how to provide for yourself as soon as you wake up, it's the moment you wake, wake up every day. But if you evolve as a species that's never had to think about that, what would that look like? Well, that would actually look like a childlike species a species that doesn't have to compete as much as human beings do would be very, very much, you know, uh, childlike. You know, they they would uh, be able to function the same way that we do, but the things that they strive for aren't necessarily out of uh, the same type of curiosities that we come from. Now, in comparison, that childlike species wouldn't necessarily be as uh, territorial. If you take out that territorial factor out of the equation, you have a species that can evolve at the same rate of technological advancement that human beings can. But they're not necessarily looking to the moon and the stars and the colonies that they can possibly build. They're not trying to explore the universe. Why would they need to? They wouldn't see that acquisition of new stars, new planets as a proper goal. That would be, you know, ridiculous to them. All right. Imagine human beings not wanting to go to the moon, not wanting to go to the stars, not wanting to go to Mars, all right? And you'd have a similar species. It would be foolish, you know, because I think we forget to think about the fact that we were made for this planet and to acquire other planets, you know, would actually be kind of foolish. It wouldn't be a, a, the same type of species that would be able to survive on those other environments and that's why we talk about things like terraforming you know changing you know other environments to our liking changing an environment to your liking like a cancer All right, and so that ubermensch of a species um that overman of a species right it would it would be devoid of that all right if we're talking about the next human evolution you know on a, on a mental plane at least I'm sure that human beings will eventually attempt to breed these things out of us and fail, you know, to uh, remove the aggressive nature of human beings, the aggressive nature that was put in us, you know, by the planet itself. I'm sure that we'll we'll give it another attempt to try to breed those things out of us, but that wouldn't necessarily be an evolution, you know, that would be a lobotomization of sorts, right? Just basically cutting out a part of you that makes you what you are and so that evolved version of us that we picture in our heads you know a peaceful or you know you know ambitious but peaceful species that's not a human that's completely that's a completely different species right and what it takes to become that species isn't a direct line it's not a linear movement Just like with the chimp and the human being, it's never a linear movement. Remember, uh, if you go back six million years and you put that same chimp through its paces, it will still be a chimp, just a different, you know, variation of a chimp like we have today. And the same with human beings is that we will still be, at heart, human beings in the long run. We'll still be a species that destroys. Just on a greater scale we'll be a species that can destroy stars and planets and so on and so forth but that innate nature that comes from this planet of survival of the fittest that will still be in us and to breed that out of us would be a completely different species and you know you see that already we've created AI and we've, we're creating more and more things like AI in our likeness you know we're becoming a parent, just like how we needed religion to be our parent through tough times. And now we've replaced religion with rationality through our tough times today. We'll, we'll continue to, down that path and we'll probably reset a few times, but it'll be a cycle because that's what this planet produces is a species that's competitive and you know it has a, an air of cruelty to it. It's, it's just how it is. It's a part of this planet's nature. Even though we've taken that nature to its absolute extreme, and so when you talk about the evolution of the mind, uh, you know, or that species that you know transcends human being, or transcends the the nature of this planet and human nature both, then you're no longer talking about an earthling or a human being. It's a completely separate species, and that species. May happen by accident, you know. Maybe it's an environment that we create for ourselves that causes this by accident. But there's gonna be, and uh... now I'd like to imagine that this would happen by accident. I'm not saying this will happen for a fact, but I just, you know, just as cooking may have happened by accident and it turned out to be great, and it probably sucked at first, so will that accident that brings on the ubermage. You know, maybe it starts out as. Know people are born and die. And some people along their timeline, they get enlightened, and that enlightenment happens so sudden that they die from it, and they die with a smile on their face. Alright? And then that happens randomly at first, one percent of the population at first. And we see this and we just call it an illness. Alright, we give that illness a name. A smiling illness of some sort right and then as time progresses more and more people are born with this illness right and that illness eventually doesn't kill a person there's a person who receives that level that that awakening you know that that motion whatever it is that awakens within our minds and they offer whatever that perspective is to the world and somehow over time more and more people are born and reach that perspective within their lifetime and they hold on to it and then eventually there's more and more people with that change in their system right that that change could represent another species right so i'd like to imagine something like that happening where we accidentally fall into another species you know (laughs) whether it's like we changed our environment or the environment changed around us And that caused a a flip of a switch in our genes and and, in our mind itself. And we're able to say to ourselves, oh, none of this shit that we've been doing so far makes any sense. Why are we destroying ourselves? Right. Yeah. So the next human evolution might just happen by an astronaut going into space and a neutrino smashes into one of his genes and <laughs> flips a switch and he just hits enlightenment and we're like whoa this dude came back from space with some shit to tell us <laughs> you know and then we're like what was that and then he dies and it's like oh man that was crazy and we talk about this astronaut for 2,000 years <laughs> and then he becomes you know some sort of a you know representative of a religion and then more and more people are born like this astronaut and they're like oh we can detect what this was. This is a gene that happened in him. And it, it it shows up in humanity again. You know, I'd like to unthink the fact that human evolution is something that we can induce. And something that can, you know, significantly benefit us immediately. I would like to think that it's something that, uh, you know, if we're lucky, it happens. If we're lucky. And if it happens by accident and it happens to be a good thing and that's great you know if it's not a good thing it turns out to be some evil version of ourselves then that's just fair you know and and, uh that gives a a fairness to evolution itself it's like yeah evolution can produce some great things you know and let's say we take this idea of evolution off of our planet and it produces great things great it produces bad things great (laughs) you know um yeah so anyways i just wanted you guys to uh Look at evolution from a different perspective. Is that, you know, a lot of times it's rolling a dice, and something could happen to us in the future that could very much be a roll of a dice, and we could change for the better, you know. But us inducing evolution, I don't think that's probably gonna produce produce uh very good results. I don't know. comment down below, send me a voice message, you know, whatever it is that you do, tell me your perspective, you know. I'm sure there's some uh, primatologists out there that probably wanna, you know. Head on a steak, um, or <laughs> for butchering you know Darwinism, yeah. Go ahead and send me a message, uh, comment down below, like if you like, subscribe if you want to, and uh, check out my other episodes. Um, this is uh, in relation to my earlier episode on uh, aliens and why they haven't come and visit us. Go check that episode out. Um, I'm John Nothing, and this is Unthink.